Welcome back to another exciting episode of Bible and Wine Time, and I'm your host, Professor Claris. I have back with me today, Dr. Graham. Thanks for having me here. I'm glad to be here. Well, thanks for being here today, Dr. Graham, and I'm sure you have some exciting things to share with us along the way. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, let's get right down to business. In the last episode of Bible and Wine Time, we took a look at the love of God. And saw in 1 Corinthians 13, it's one of three things mentioned that are eternal or that last forever. Today, we're going to talk about hope and why it's important to never let go of true hope. So let's start with a scripture. Nah, nah. We're going to look at some definitions first. To begin, we'll look at the definition from the American Heritage Dictionary of the English language. What? You thought I was going to say something else? <laughs> anyway, here's our definition. Hope. To start with is a verb, and as a verb, it means to wish for something with expectation of its fulfillment, to have confidence, trust, to look forward to with confidence or expectation. We hope, as an example, that our children will be successful, to expect and desire. As a noun, it means this, a wish or desire accompanied by confident expectation of its fulfillment, something that is hoped for or desired. As an example, success is our hope, although that's not our hope. I believe our hope is uh, Jesus Christ, who gives us a hope in the success. He's the hope for success. Let's keep going. The next part says, one that is a source of or reason for hope. Wait a minute. I think I just said that. Jesus Christ is a source of or reason for hope. He is our only hope. Or he's the best hope there is anyway. How about that? He's the team's only hope for victory. It's also the theological virtue defined as the desire and search for a future good, difficult but not impossible to attain with God's help. Trust, confidence. Dr. Grant? Absolutely. I like the scripture in Jeremiah 29, 11 that says, For I know the thoughts, this is God speaking, that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Well, I completely agree with that. And you see in Jeremiah 29, 11, that was thoughts of, what was it? The thoughts of God, the thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Okay, so thoughts of peace and not of evil right. to give you a future and a hope. And I believe when we look in the book of Matthew, when the shepherds were in the field, what did the angels say? Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Amen, that's right. Right? Right. So, again, we see the fulfillment of this scripture, or at least the beginning of its fulfillment, and something that I believe we can take hold of now even, a current hope and a current good future in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Anyway, let's continue. Let's go ahead and look at Thayer's Greek-English lexicon of the New Testament. On page 285, 
It has this to say, and we're looking at Strong's number 1680, if you'll remember what Strong's numbers are. They're numbers from a concordance called Strong's Concordance of the Bible, usually the King James Version. So that's that's what I use is the King James Strong's numbers. Anyway, Strong's number 1680 is the Greek word elpis, and this is what it means, or at least some of what it means. Joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. Ah, uh, what do you make of that? Dr. Graham. That's awesome. (laughs) I think that's a hope. Sounds like hope to me. Yeah. Well, so far, hope seems to be exactly what we understand it to be. I believe the lasting power of true hope, however, is often overlooked or misunderstood. Let's continue our quest for meaning in the object of hope, which produces true supernatural transformation and even natural transformation. In the Complete Word Study Dictionary of the New Testament, on page 570, we see the following. Hope, desire of some good with expectation of obtaining it. Now, this definition sounds nice, but in truth is a bit misleading. If we were to stop at this point, we may be led to understand that we somehow obtain eternal life and resurrection through our own works. This understanding is a deception. Let's not be deceived, though. I don't believe this is the author's intent, or in this case, the editor's intent. In fact, some things we hope for, we may be able to obtain on our own, like cars, money, cellular devices, jewelry, houses, and all sorts of material things and pleasures. And these are often things we need, or we feel like that anyway. But I'll get off my soapbox here. Let's keep going and see what else it says. In section two, we see this spoken especially of those who experience the hope of salvation through Christ, eternal life, and blessedness. The God of hope means the author and source of hope, not the one who needs hope. That sounds a lot like what I already said. It does. Jesus Christ is the hope. Is our present and future hope. Amen. He is a present help in times of trouble, and he's a present source of strength in every situation. Anyway, Let's look at some scripture. Ephesians 4, 1 through 8 in the voice says this, As a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you, live a life that is worthy of the calling he has graciously extended to you. Be humble, be patient, tolerate one another in an atmosphere thick with love. Make every effort to preserve the unity the Spirit has already created, with peace binding you together. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were all called to pursue one hope. There is one Lord Jesus, one living faith, one ceremonial washing through baptism, and one God, the Father over all, who is above all, through all, and in all. This God has given to each of us grace in full measure, according to the anointed's gift, as the scripture says. When he ascended to the heights, he put captivity in chains, and in his triumph, he gave gifts to the people. Wow, that's deep. What do you think about all that, Dr. Graham? I kept seeing and remembering the scripture that says, his yoke is easy, his yoke is light. So when we take on that bond slave with Jesus, we become yoked to him. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Yeah. 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 His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Yeah. So we become yoked to him, which means he can just pull us right along. Yeah. Even when we ain't got the strength to keep on going. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, that's some hope right there, folks. That's a whole lot of hope. It's a whole lot of hope. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. In John, the Word, who was with God and was God, the living expression of the Father became flesh and decided 
to go ahead and to step into our humanity. Now that's something special right there. It is. Well, let's go ahead and look at another passage. I've got Psalm 68, 17 through 20 in the Good News Translation says, with his many thousands of mighty chariots, the Lord comes from Sinai into the holy place. He goes up to the heights, taking many captives with him. He receives gifts from rebellious people. The Lord God will live there. Praise the Lord who carries our burdens day after day. He is the God who saves us. Our God is a God who saves. He is the Lord, our Lord, who rescues us from death. You hear that? He is the Lord, our Lord, who rescues us from death. I think that's pretty clear. That's pretty clear right there. I want to go ahead and take a moment to look at 2 Corinthians 4, 12 through 18 in the voice. While I go to look that up, Dr. Graham, do you have anything to add here at the moment? <laughs> Hope you're still thinking, listeners. Yeah. He is the Lord, our Lord, who rescues us from death. Here we go. 2 Corinthians 4. 12 through 18, in the voice says this, So death is constantly at work in us, but life is working in you. We share the same spirit of faith as the one who wrote the psalm, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, and that belief leads us to acknowledge that the same God who resurrected the Lord Jesus will raise us with Jesus and will usher us all together into his presence. All of this is happening for your good. As grace is spread to the multitudes, there is a growing sound of thanks being uttered by those relishing in the glory of God. So we have no reason to despair, despite the fact that our outer humanity is falling apart and decaying. Our inner humanity is breathing in new life every day. You see, the short-lived pains of this life are creating for us an eternal glory that does not compare to anything we know here. So we do not set our sights on the things we can see with our eyes. All of that is fleeting. It will eventually fade away. Instead, we focus on the things we cannot see, which live on and on. I want you all to remember 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Make sure you're looking at verse 8 too. And I'm going to go ahead and read you again 1 John 4, 7 through 8. In the King James Version, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. If you want this kind of hope and love and desire to be a child of the only one true God who loves you deeply, gently, and fiercely, then please pray this prayer with us today. Father of lights, God of love and hope, thank you for the gift of salvation in Jesus. I ask that you would accept me right here as I am. I know I'm not perfect, and I've made lots of mistakes, but I'm hearing what this guy, Professor Claris and Dr. Graham, have to say, and I want to know you. I want Jesus to come in. So please come in, Lord Jesus, and deliver me and be my hope today. Amen. If you prayed that prayer... Then by all means, give me a shout, find a way to get a hold of me, or, you know, try to find a church somewhere and let them know. But I would be happy to talk to you. I'd be happy to talk to you and try to help you get connected with the right people. Amen. Good. Well, anything to add to that, Dr. Graham? Uh, find a church that teaches the word and the truth. And, and again, contact Dr. Professor Claris. Professor Claris, sorry. Professor Claris. I'm not a doctor. Sorry, not yet. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. 
And we rejoice. The Word of God says that all of heaven rejoices when you make that decision. So we rejoice with you. And in doing so, we're going to... Well, I say it's time for the wine. Yeah. (laughs) So today's wine... Today's wine is actually one that I already tasted a little bit, just so I could go ahead and give you a pre-analysis of it, or know what I'm saying before I start talking about it, which I very rarely do anyway, except that I do my research. (laughs) Anyway, today's wine is uh, a Pinot Noir, 2018 California Pinot Noir uh, from Shaw, or Charles Shaw, and it says it's made with organic grapes. Yeah. This is what they have to say about their own wine a little bit. They say, we at Charles Shaw strive to bring quality and value to our customers. Our vineyard selections, state-of-the-art winemaking techniques, and the 21st century convenient twist-off and twist-on closure. Helix will be at the benchmark of the industry. It's actually, yeah, a Helix cork, I think, is what they're talking about. Yeah. The cork is actually just one that twists on and off. I gotta say, that is quite convenient. You know, you don't have to worry about maybe the cork being a little bit dry right. or you didn't get your uh, your cork twist in all the way. Did I? The bottle opener. What's it called? The corkscrew. Yeah, corkscrew. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Well, yeah, you know, one of those when things. It, yeah, when it doesn't go, you don't, you don't, you don't quite go in far enough yeah. and it breaks off in the middle and mm-hmm. no problems with this bottle, folks. It just pulls right out. And uh, let's see what else they have to say about it. Oh, they strive to find the best organic grapes. The Charles Shaw family selected vineyards with an ideal blend of soil and climate. This organically grown grape selection gives full fruit expression to our Charles Shaw wines. Well, they don't tell us much about what to expect, but I believe that Pinot Noir has to do with the grape type. Is that correct? Yes, that is the grape. That is the grape. It is a Pinot Noir grape. Yeah. Well, let's uh, enough talking about what they have to say. And just, that is a delightfully smooth Pinot. It is a very good Pinot Noir. I would I would highly recommend this one. I'm not the biggest fan of Pinots. I find often they're a bit dry for me. Right. I prefer Cabernet Sauvignon. That's my favorite. And then sometimes I like Malbec for its spice. Yes, I like the spice in Malbec. And, and I'm a big port fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a big port fan. My favorite. Yeah, but this Pinot is really... It's a, it does definitely have the fruit. It's not too it's not too dry. Yeah. It's not too sweet. It's yeah. a perfect Pinot. But I mean, yeah, it, it does have a little bit of sweetness to yeah. it. Yeah. Just a little bit. Right. And I'm going to say there's it's, it's kind of a velvety texture to it almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's close to a Shiraz to me, but Shiraz may have a little more spiciness. Shiraz is a little bit more of a, you know, um, a tearjerker. <laughs> a little drier. Yeah, a little bit drier. A little bit drier. <laughs> uh, you know, some Shiraz is all right, but I really like, I like this Pinot Noir yes. quite a bit. And again, this is one I did not use an aerator with, and we are not using what the aerator glasses or anything like mm-hmm. that. We just have normal wine glasses. I'm actually using a, you know, handheld without the stem that I got from Natural Bridge, I believe in Virginia. Mm-hmm. The Natural Bridge State Park in Virginia. So not a fancy wine glass at all, folks. Uh, and it's this is this is good wine. Yes, it is. You got anything else to add? Yes, I would like to just make a comment that we are in the time of Passover. Oh, is that uh, the, the uh, Hebrew word Pesach? Yes, yes, which is the celebration of passing from Egypt over into the Promised Land or out of Egypt. Or w- w- wasn't Passover the time when they uh, originally? 
That's a spirit of death. Passed over. Passed over them. And we just talked about that. Didn't we? Deliverance from death. Yes. That Jesus Christ was our Passover lamb. And that the blood, which is going to go into our next, is Mm -hmm. what was put over the doorpost. So we drink the wine to remember that he has passed us through from death to life as a um, commemoration of the blood of Yeshua. And the Bible says, Therefore may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine as in a place of abundance, which is where they were coming out from a place of captivity into a place of life and abundance. Mind blown. It's fantastic. That's good news. Yes, it is. A place of life and abundance. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what God wants for all of us. That's exactly what God intended for every single person. That's right. That's what he intended. And if you all caught it, Dr. Graham just leaked what the next episode is about. That's right. The next one is blood part two. So y'all better get ready for that too. Anyway, thanks for listening today. Thanks for being here today, Dr. Graham. Thank you. All right. And this has been Bible and Wine Time. I'm your host, Professor Claris. God bless you. Enjoy Passover this year.